the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. When you eliminate all your learning curve, which were the OTAs, mm-hmm. you eliminate preseason games to get better timing because even you, you cannot simulate preseason games in practice and you cannot simulate regular season games in preseason games. So the natural evolution that's, that's of mine, picking up Bruce. a new offense oh, has I want been it up. hindered because of the situation that we're doing or dealing with and that's why i said when i'm looking at the nfl this year uh i i think teams that have had the same offense or the same coordinator are going to have an advantage so- a uh friday edition of the we tackle life podcast starts with a verizon cell phone commercial <laughs> can you hear me now mr spielman well, you keep turning my volume breaking now, into I the old i thought it was turning my volume no now. no i i i think again your sabotage is never ceasing. I got a lot to worry about here. I got, I got, a, ca- I got well, a camera there. I got a camera there. You, know you got three kids up there that can get their rounds up early. You can pay them a couple bucks to come down here yeah, and be their engineer. That's true. I probably could do that. Uh, good morning. Welcome to a Friday live stream edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. He's Chris Spielman. You can watch us on YouTube, Spielman and Hooley channel. You can watch us on various Facebook platforms, including the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life Facebook page, Twitter via Periscope. So how are you this fine Friday? A week from today, we'll have college football games to break down. I'm excited about that. I'm Even also, though it's UAB, we'll have I don't college care. football. I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about the Columbus City Schools Oh yeah, uh, implementing back into sports so apparently the people do have a voice mm-hmm. and they are understanding that the ramifications of not playing uh what could happen uh and what will happen statistically and data driven uh making that decision uh for whatever suicides mm-hmm. drug abuse whatever your the list is there everybody knows about the list so there's lots of good news i was very excited to hear that and almost relieved and you know, of course, we have that. We have Miles Garrett that wants to criminalize hate speech. We have the NBA, NHL, mm-hmm. MLS, MLB. Everybody was. All postponing yeah. uh, in, in um, bringing attention to what I think uh, was an, an awful, awful story of Jacob Blake. Uh, I, I'm not saying that he didn't any, do anything wrong, but I have the strong belief, Bruce, if we want to make progress in this country, that there has to be some type of reform for a less lethal way of detaining people. It, 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 uh, that's, it, 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 I mean, that's got to be the focus, and we we're, have too much intelligence, too much uh, ingenuity, entrepreneurship, or whatever. There's got to be an answer, whether the public or private accept sector to somehow come up with a better detainment that uh, is not lethal. and Something between a taser, in this case there was a taser, and the taser either malfunctioned or he was uh, impervious to it. Yeah, so that's, I mean, we have to do something because this, you know, shooting somebody, uh, if there's another way, you have to exhaust all those uh, opportunities. That's my opinion, and but I'm a strong believer in that, and well, we'll get to that. Why don't we get yeah. to that in the faith portion of the podcast? Yeah, I will. I want to. I want to delve into that more deeply uh, at that point in sure. time. Sure, but um, I want to talk about the the boycotts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give my advice. 
Okay. And I know nobody listens to my advice. Well, maybe some people. Well, do, Columbus City Schools did. Yeah, <laughs> they did. Thank God. I mean, I was pr- I actually was praying for those kids. Yeah. To have at least the opportunity. Um. Well, look. I believe that everybody's heart is in the right right place. Mm-hmm. If somebody is uh, pro racism, then that person does have evil in their heart. Yes. There, and I'm a firm believer in that. And I believe in using, as you know, one of my credos in life is that with with our faith, it's not a la carte. And with the First Amendment, it's not a la carte. Mm-hmm. And they have every right to boycott. But let's look. And, I, and if, I, if I were to be advised by a uh, uh, sports team and say, how would you do this? I say, well, boycotting would be the last thing I would do because all of a sudden the boycott becomes a story and the message is lost. And there's a way to do both. Play and be and, heard? And be heard. Okay. And what I would suggest for the NFL is to not take a knee during the national anthem. What I would suggest is right before kickoff, mm-hmm. when the camera's getting ready to start the game, everybody, if you choose to do so, take a knee when all the eyes are on you, then play the game. You're so talking you're, about like... On the field as they're lined up for right. the kickoff, or, or, and, and or right before, yeah. right before the first pitch, sure. or right before the kickoff on a soccer. I mean, that's what it's called, I think, in soccer when they start the game as a kickoff. Yeah, and right before the 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 uh, start of a, a basketball game, and the only time we usually get a jump ball is, is when right. everybody just. Then you can do it that way. The people that feel like you're disrespecting the country by taking a knee during the anthem, you're not going to do that, and you are able to get more eyeballs on what you want uh, by doing the, the take a knee right before the kickoff or the tip-off sure. or the first pitch. I mean, that makes sense to me, and, and that way you you don't become the story. It's yeah. not the story, and you're still playing a game without alienating half the people. I, I, I mean, let's look at this in a logical way, and let's look what can be the most effective. And here's the other suggestion that I'm going to make. Players, professional players, have all kinds of opportunities to fight for what they believe in. And mm-hmm. I had opportunities and still have opportunities to fight what they believe in. So let's talk about how can we make change? Because change is a big thing. Things have to change. Things have to change. Well, Everybody understands things have to change. So what are we going to do with our actions? So here's 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 a couple things that I would suggest. One, uh, I am in, in, in a proponent of, um, as I said, police reform. Whether that's if there's bad cops that have a history, whether that's a renegotiation with the union, I'm a proponent of that. I'm a report, proponent, as stated five minutes ago. Of there's got to be a way in our country with all the technology to have um, a, a less lethal way to detain a suspect, le- less lethal way. And the other thing I would do, I would suggest this. If I was a football player, here's the things, quite frankly, that I have done and that I will continue to do. First of all, do a football camp that's scholarshiped. Mm-hmm. That gives kids opportunities. Bring in speakers. Bring in leaders. Bring in uh, organizations that want to have an impact in the inner city. 
and give those kids the exposure that they need. The other thing that I would do would be to volunteer your time during the off-season to something that is close to your heart, whether that's volunteer coaching an AAU team, volunteer coaching uh, or, or paying paying the fees for AAU basketball. That's that you know that's very expensive, right, Bruce? And mm-hmm. you can sponsor teams. You can sponsor with NBA money. You can sponsor leagues. You can sponsor anything you want to do. And I know some guys do that, but more guys need to do that. I think um, to provide opportunity. So one way to provide opportunity is I know the government has a a program out there for minority business or take it upon yourself to, if you so choose to, to invest into young entrepreneurs that may be minorities that need a chance, somebody yeah. to believe in them, somebody that where they don't have the opportunity or the access to money that some others have. You be that access for them. And there's all kind of programs out there to do that. Uh, the other thing that I would consider doing is, you know, we of this belief in Ben Watson, I think had this theory, the basketball player from uh, that stood for the anthem and was roundly Jonathan Israel. Jonathan Israel. Was it Jonathan Israel or Jonathan India? One of the two. All right, let me, let me find one it. of them. Okay, look. You need to expose your faith. You need to expose who you believe. Because I am of the belief that the only way some of these things are going to get settled that is troubling our country is that people need to have God. Violence is not going to settle anything. The only thing violence does is make people uh, dig in their heels, whatever side you're on, more and more. I think you would agree with that. And there has to be better communication. I agree with that. And the other thing, if I were the basketball or I were LeBron James or Chris Paul, whoever's the leader of the NBA, I know Chris Paul's the president of the Players Union in the NBA. If I were these guys, I would say this. Look, all right, we did this once. We can no longer make emotional decisions. If you make emotional decision. Instead of getting our message across, we become the message. Yeah. Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan is Isaac, Orlando thank player. you. We become the message. So um, in closing, I would say this. Don't make emotional decisions. Put your actions to what you want to change. Mm-hmm. Because tweeting and taking a knee is not going to change anything. What's going to change that can be part of it, but what's going to change is your actions and what you do in things that you provide. I've been on the last two days, we're on a seminar for Fox. One of the cool things I think uh, uh, the NFL is going to do this year is they're going to have uh, certain messages in the end zones, like end racism, which I don't, great, let's end it. And I think yeah. that, but 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 I do no think doubt. that, but but it's something that where their eyeballs going to see. It's not going to be something where a lot of people disagree with the Black Lives Matter organization, which are Marxists and go against the nuclear family. That turns a lot of people off, whether you like it or not. I'm not talking about the the the, the obviously the phrase Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about the organization. 
a lot of people are turned off by that organization because of what their website says and yeah, because of their website yeah right. because of their website and their mission statement and and so that's probably not the wisest way to go but the same black lives matter of course that they they matter and so does every life that matters um but that that that's really cool the other thing we're going to try to do i think is in the nfl once is is there are so many players that are doing exactly what I said about taking action, and we need to shine light on the action that these guys are taking mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to correct something, to uh, whether uh, to provide opportunities, to to do these things. And uh, I just think it's uh, there's chance for something here to happen really good. But we players and all that, you 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 don't want to make yourself the message. Right. So if you want attention, again, take a knee right before kickoff. If you want attention, take a knee right before tip, but play. That's how you can have the impact. Mm -hmm. By not playing, you're turning more people away from you. Yeah. I don't understand the logic behind that. I thought when the NBA players talked about boycotting the rest of the season, first of all, I mean, I'm not paying any attention to NBA basketball this year as a personal decision because I feel that they – miserably failed the people of Hong Kong on the whole China issue. And I think they're um, reprehensively inconsistent on calling for, um, obviously, you know, in a good way, justice in the United States, while completely ignoring the um, infringement upon and eradication of human rights sure. in Hong Kong. So I won't have anything to do with NBA basketball ever that's, again. That's good so for, for you. me, it was yeah. irrelevant whether they play or not. But just in terms of evaluating their options, you know, I thought, well, you have a much bigger platform if you're playing because you have people coming to interview you every day and then right. you're in control of the message. And if you yield from the spotlight and go join uh, protest marches or whatever you do, you're not going to gain nearly the same kind of you're not going to have nearly the same kind of platform. So, you know, they're still playing. I could care less. I won't watch a minute of it, but that's my personal choice. Everybody else can make sure. their own personal choice. But you're exactly right, though, when you when you, when you you give up your platform. So them by them boycotting, I, they're giving up their platform. I They certainly have the right to do that. I'm just thinking is, if I were sitting with LeBron and, and Chris Paul, I would say, is that the best way yeah. to get our message? There's, there's a better way. You don't ever want to give people a window into what the world can be like, whatever kind of world you're evaluating, whether it's a consumer world or whether it's an entertainment world or a political world. You don't ever want to give people an option to find out what life is like without you because they may find out they can live life without you. And that's yeah. why I think uh, as we transition into sports, and we'll get back to this because it's definitely interwoven with the faith aspect of the show, okay. which we get into at the end of the show, um, you know, that is the danger for the Big Ten, not playing this year. That's the danger for the Pac-12, not playing this year. And you can say, well, you know, nobody's going to, uh, you know, lose interest in Big Ten football. Uh, I disagree 100%. I think the thing, like, of course there's going to be a intense interest in Big Ten football when it returns. If it's January, March, February, next year, who knows? But you will have a segment of people who will find, hey, you know, the falls when I don't have to, like, spend all day at Ohio Stadium. I kind of like it. I kind of like walk and watch it on TV. They will lose some people. Now, will they eventually win them back? Maybe. Major League Baseball did after its strikes, but it had a 
pronounced downturn in ratings and all that kind of stuff. So you don't ever want to give people a chance to find out what it's like without you. That's one of the reasons why when you're traveling for the NFL, I do the podcast anyway. I know it's a bigger show with you. Yes. But if I'm not here and we're not here and we go away and the podcast doesn't drop on your phone or it's not there, then people are like, well, I wonder if they're doing one today. You just don't want to give people a view of what life can be like without you. So I think the NBA, you know, they are not going to win me as a viewer, but they're continuing to do what they're continuing to do. I I get it. I I just think I, I want to help them. I want to help them message Better well, they need them. some help with their message, well, which through, I'll give my, that's just solely my opinion right. at the end of the show. Well, I mean, I, I again, I, I just think, you know, if you want attention and you want to have a voice and a platform, you can have both. You can still play the games mm-hmm. without the negativity that some people may see a boycott as, but you can still do your, bring attention to your particular issue, whether that's uh, a, a horrible tragedy. Uh, there's no other way to put it. And again, if it's it's police reform, which I think everybody can agree on somewhat, that we need a little bit of a way to get about this, or just try to get better as as a uh, as a uh, policeman or, or a policewoman or whatever the case may be. Just there's got to be a better way, and let's figure out that better way, and let's work together to figure out that better way. But it's not going to change in two months. No, but it's going to get better. A little bit each day, and you just have to stay with it. But we have to work together. You can't work on opposite sides because when when battle lines are drawn and you start uh, attacking the police, what happens, or whatever, attacking the other side, both sides, uh, I know because I've experienced this myself and done this myself, and I've, I think I've learned, just dig their heels in deeper, Absolutely. then nothing yeah. gets accomplished. And right. that's my prayer is that something gets accomplished where we all get better, and and you know again, the the minds and the and the intelligence and the of this country and the ingenuity of the people of this country, we've got to find a better way of a less lethal form of detainment. That's I'm very strong on that. Um, again, we're going to get into this a lot more in the faith portion and try to integrate it with uh, with our faith. Um. I just want to say yesterday morning was, um, I, I struggled yesterday morning with the images of Kenosha in my head and where we are as a country and why we're there. And again, I'll I have a faith uh, mm-hmm. application to that, but it's very hard to see, very hard to see the discord right now. And um, so we'll get into that more at the end of the show. Uh, you can email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. You see it on the uh, screen if you're watching on the stream, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Today, we give away $1,000 in COVID-19 relief. We do it every Friday. It uh, personifies what Chris was saying earlier in the show about finding a way to give to the community. He has done that with uh, various contributions to a fund. We hope to give away $40,000 in COVID-19 relief. His Some of his uh, income from broadcasting, some of his sponsors, CB, Spielman CBD. Uh, by the way, uh, congratulations to CBD Health Collections. They're opening their first retail yeah. store I'll in Granville. Uh, you will be there. So uh, I'm sorry I don't have the date committed to memory. Do you? Yes, September 3rd. September 3rd. Okay, so it's next Saturday. I, I don't know, whenever September 3rd Maybe thir- is. Thursday, no, I wait think. a moment. Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, that's the night yeah. the Buckeyes were supposed to open. Yeah. And they are not. 
at least not yet. Well, Nebraska's Nebraska's making a push. That's that's next on the agenda. (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, So, uh, yeah, you can email the show. You can tweet the show at WeTackle. Winners, each uh, person named today will get a $250 check. Uh, Dave Anthony is a winner. Um, This is for uh, the Marzanski family of Bay City, Michigan. Uh, Paige Kenza, I believe, and Josh Haymeyer. Josh Haymeyer. So those are our four winners. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to Volunteer Energy. Thanks to CBD Health Collections. Thanks to Chris uh, giving sacrificially, selling his Big Ten championship rings to fund this. His uh, Buffalo Bills memorabilia, his Browns, his Lions memorabilia, um, putting uh, words to action. All right, let's go to the uh, protest tomorrow at Ohio Stadium, demonstration, whatever you want to call it, Rotunda, Ohio Stadium, 11 a.m. It's uh, grown from Randy Wade, the father of Sean Wade's um, disagreement with the Big Ten, canceling the season in the fall, postponing it whenever. Uh, This has uh, resulted in uh, numerous schools in the Big Ten joining the fight. Nebraska, I would say, has been leading the fight. Yes. Um, Thank you for your leadership. It's a little bit, little bit strange to me that Ohio State didn't lead on this. But I've said before, it's not Ohio State's character to use the leverage that it has as the top program in the Big Ten, most successful program in the Big Ten. They are committed to. You can disagree, but it's a fact. They are committed to being a good member of the Big Ten and not seeing themselves as bigger. Than others, I think that has value. I think there are times you need to lead, use your bully pulpit. And uh, Nebraska, the newest member of the Big Ten, has been the most—I'm um, sure from the Big Ten's perspective—intractable on this. So they got eight players who filed a lawsuit. Uh, they were in court yesterday. They're going to be back in court next week. They're trying to find out. They want—they want information. They want you talked about discovery, depositions, all that. They want to know was there a vote. And who voted? And how was it done? What's the medical information? And all that kind of stuff. Okay, so here's the Big Ten statement on the Nebraska players' lawsuit. The Big Ten Conference Council of Presidents and Chancellors overwhelmingly voted to postpone the fall sports season based on medical concerns and in the best interest of the health and safety of our student-athletes. It was an important decision for our 14-member institutions and the surrounding communities. We share the disappointment that some student-athletes and their families are feeling. However, this lawsuit has no merit. We will defend the decision to protect all student-athletes as we navigate through this global pandemic. We are actively considering options to get back to competition and look forward to doing so when it's safe to (laughs) play. So they are not going to be cowed by a lawsuit unless, I assume, the courts could order them to Uh, play. They Big Ten has till Monday at five o'clock to answer the lawsuit. Yeah, uh, the attorney for the Big Ten argues, "quote harm would be incredible," unquote, if board of directors documents were made available to the public just because eight student athletes disagree with the decision. He said the court is asking for something with quote no precedent. That's not true. You, I don't know how that's going to damage anybody. Just. Give me the reason why you voted no. Yeah, but, I mean, I as an individual, anybody listening to us, and I know you have personal experience with this, you can uh, request FOIA, 
because of the freedom of freedom of information. Yes, you, from per, from thirteen a, of the fourteen are public institutions. Yeah, Northwestern being the Northwestern only one. the exception. Yeah. So I mean, you have that ability as a, a citizen and a taxpaying citizen. Yeah, you don't have to be a journalist. You don't have to be a lawyer. Anybody yeah, can do Joe, it. Joe, Joe, average Joe bag of donuts can go file a freedom of information request. You probably probably make you wait on it a long time. But, yeah, but you have access to it. So I think the only. I think the frustrating thing, I, I don't think the, like anybody wanted to sue the Big Ten. Just give us the information and tell me why instead of dodging every question out there. Instead of um, getting off message, of course, I think it, it's everybody that's of voting age should exercise their vote. But let us that wasn't what we're looking for right now. I think that... You know, for that particular message, I think that's uh, the responsibility of each in institution and each coach to make sure that those kids have time to go out and exercise their freedom. It doesn't need to be nobody's asking about that right now. What they're asking for and demanding is you never gave us a reason of why. And all leaders, other than it's not safe, they want that fleshed out. I, I get it; it's not. It, it's not safe. So a lot of things aren't safe. It seems to be safe for the University of Cincinnati. It mm -hmm. seems to be safe for most of the high schools. Seventy-eight, seventy-six schools are playing. Yeah, in the state of Ohio, it seems to be safe for them. All of a sudden, you are the king and say, "No, it's not safe. You can't play, even though everybody else is playing." If you make that decision, then please have the courtesy and the respect for the people who are responsible for the money that's being mm -hmm. made, whether that's coaches and players and athletic directors and and the economic devastation to uh, cities and restaurants and towns. Have the courtesy and respect to tell us why you made that decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's all. Sure. That's what they want to know. Why? Why did you make the decision? Explain it to us. I don't think that's going to harm the Big Ten. Unless, of course, there are some embarrassing comments made in the minutes of those meetings that this could have... Uh, I can think of two sorts of embarrassing comments that could be made. If somebody made a comment about uh, this could have great impact on the election in the fall, yeah. or uh, this could help us to finally get control of football. This has been way out of control. For Imagine if a Big Ten president or chancellor said that. Yeah. And the minutes of that were to become public. Well, I mean, look, I, I I don't know if that could be embarrassing, but I think all when you're making a decision like that, obviously everything is discussed. I think it would be irresponsible of the Big Ten not to discuss mm -hmm. every impact before they made that decision. So, I, I mean, I, I know that if I were president, I would want to know all those answers to those questions. And... You know, I, but for them to, I mean, it's, what is condescending would be the right word. Mm -hmm. is it, I've, I mean, I, they're, they're not treating the adults like adults. They're, tr they're treating the big 10 teams, coaches, players, athletic directors, like little children. Shut up and do as I say. Yeah. We know best. Yeah. Don't tell, we don't have to give you a reason why. <laughs> or we're not going to tell you the reason yeah, why. We but, have a reason. We're just not going to tell you. I mean, that's to me is that that's what's infuriating. I think to a couple parents of Ohio State players that I've been in touch with, I think it's that's infuriating to them. 
Uh, from a legal perspective, I've seen it portrayed that this is the Big Ten Conference's decision to make. Similar to, let's say, there's a thunderstorm in the middle of a football game. It is the Big Ten overseer's uh, right to cancel the game because it's not safe. When you make a decision in terms of safety, the conference has the final okay. sway on that. Now, courts obviously can come in and trump that or force them to articulate their reasons. Here's what I wonder. If the Big Ten is forced to articulate their reasons, that doesn't mean they have to rescind their decision. That's right. If they, Yeah, legally, if they have the right, then they have the right. But why, were, why are they so apprehensive about telling the why? It's a bad look not to give the reasons. Yeah. It's a it, bad look not to be transparent. It's one of the things that a leader needs to be is transparent, whether it's because transparency demonstrates humility. Transparency demonstrates, uh, you know, that you are not afraid to tell the reasons why. You're not afraid to trust people. Right to hear the reasons why. So there's a lot of essential qualities of leadership tied up in transparency. And, and I think... Um, Integrity, trust among Yeah, but uh, I also believe wholeheartedly that uh, they are nervous because... I think they're of, very nervous. Of being, because of discovery and being deposed. Yeah. They don't want that. They don't want to be in court. They don't want to have to give... They don't want to have to raise the curtain on a process that when they engaged in it, they were sure was private. Well, they had bad legal advice then because everybody <laughs> knows. Did. I mean, you've had your experiences. I had your, my experiences. Everybody knows that you can, because of there being state institutions, file FOIA requests. Yeah, and, but and they've gotten so comfortable playing defense on FOIA with two things, FERPA and HIPAA, which is the health thing, which is, oh, no, we don't have to tell you, like Chase Young, uh, you know, to access anything about the Chase Young decision to suspend him from two games, let's get out, let's find out how much money did Chase Young get on a loan from an agent. No, we don't have to tell you that because of FERPA, which keeps Chase Young's grades private. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know Chase Young's grades. I don't care what courses Chase Young is taking. But if you're going to suspend Chase Young from two games because he took money in violation of NCAA rules from an agent, then I think people look at it differently if it's $500 than they would if it was $50,000. It's $500. People go, well, the kid was in a bind. He needed a plane ticket for a parent. Agreed. What's wrong with you, NCAA? What's the deal? But if he took $50,000, then everybody knows, come on, Chase. Like, you know you can't take fifty grand from somebody. But Ohio State won't release that, and they hide behind this rule that was never meant to apply to athletics. So they've gotten comfortable using that rule and HIPAA, which is the health thing, which is they don't have to ever give They're it. They can always good. say, "Guy, you know, so-and-so suspended violation of team rules. Well, did he test positive for drugs? Well, that's a health thing, so we can't tell you. Remember He's the, not injured. Remember the Ravens' defense you know? of 2000? Remember how good the ball was? Yes. yes. Well, that's Ohio State's defense. Yeah, it's Ohio State's defense. Uh, it's every school's defense. From personal not just Ohio experience. State. They're the ones we deal with. Yeah, from and they're very good. So they've gotten comfortable like, hey, we got federal law that we can bend to 
surround mm-hmm. ourselves with this impenetrable bubble like what was her name scarlet in the incredibles yeah. you know she had the bubble and yeah. nothing could yeah. get into it that's what they've done i want one of those i want one of those too <laughs> and theirs may be burst with this situation where they have to say oh man we got to give you the minutes of our meetings holy cow so that's why they're so nervous about it okay we move on to the Bengals. We talked the other day about Joe Burrow. Yes. Uh, um, Let me first remind people that uh, our official coffee, wearing it today. Hemisphere. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Uh, And we have an email about Hemisphere, which is uh, phenomenal. Does he have the same problem that I have, that his wife steals one of the flavors, Hunter's Blend, hides it for her own personal use, and refuses to share? I don't know. He says, this is from John, he says, I hope you're both doing well. I appreciate listening to your show, and I love my subscription to Hemisphere Coffee. That's from John. Thank you, John. Um, he didn't mention any issues with those other family members. Perhaps John has a more <laughs> open idea to sharing of his best with others than you do. But no. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters no. has the capacity to make everybody in your home happy or introduce marital angst, as it does with the Spielmans. <laughs> It's that good. I, I bet you coffee. Hemisphere didn't think they would no, cause a... No, come between you and your lovely wife. Yeah, she drew first blood. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. When they agreed to provide coffee for you, they didn't know they were going to be providing all's coffee I, for the entire hey, uh, nuclear family. All I do is give, give, give. <laughs> so now my wife is yeah. taking all my yeah. stuff. All the, the, the minions, they always eat my stuff. Then when they add the vultures... With the minions and the wife that hides all my stuff, I, I, I'm 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 surrounded on all sides. I need to play defense. I need FOIA requests. I need I need uh, FERPA. I need HIPAA I think, to protect myself. I think to be accurate in this case, it's Hemisphere who's doing the giving. <laughs> <laughs> you can order your own. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, thought Hem- I didn't talk about them on this show. Uh, that's fine. Hemisphere <laughs> Coffee Roasters. They don't mind. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Fifteen percent off when you use the promo code We Tackle Life. Their coffee comes from all over the world. And they do great things, uh, allowing growers to make more money because they buy it direct from them. And then you get coffee from Ethiopia, from Thailand, from Indonesia, which you're not going to find at the grocery store or any other coffee shop. So there you go, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. All right, to the Bengals, we talked about Joe Burrow and C.J. Uzama raving about Joe Burrow. Now someone else on the Bengals is raving about Joe Burrow. And this is praise that's going to get your attention. Mike Daniels, defensive lineman, new to the Bengals this year, played seven years in Green Bay with... Good player. Aaron Rodgers says Joe Burrow's swagger reminds him of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, swagger doesn't win anything. Swagger doesn't win anything. No, but swagger can inspire teammates' confidence, and then you have to put performance with it. If there's no performance with swagger, then you're looked upon as a fraud. Yeah. That's just, it's that simple. And I've I've always had this big belief somebody told it to me one time and it stuck with me my whole life you can't lead if you don't produce Mm. you can't have swagger if you don't produce everything starts and ends with production everything if you want credibility you have to have production Mm -hmm. that's it if you as a player this is purely from a player's point of view if you want credibility, you better have production because otherwise you are labeled as a fraud and no, everybody will ignore everything that you ask them to do or everything that you say. Now, in fairness to Joe, mm-hmm. Joe has only had the opportunity to produce on a practice field in which he seems to be doing. So that's he, he just hasn't had the benefit of time to be able to prove 
that he can produce. And I hope he does. I mean, I don't know anybody that's not a Joe Burrow fan, at least in the state of Ohio, yeah. because, you know, it's a local kid from Athens, Ohio, and former Buckeye quarterback that, uh, unfortunately for him, or fortunately for him, you can look at it two ways. Uh, he had Dwayne Haskins here, and Dwayne was a record-setting quarterback for Ohio State, and number one uh, draft pick of the Washington football team. Uh, I have very to make good. Sure, well, I have to. I'm you, you know, get conditioned yeah, to that one. Absolutely, and so I'm very aware of that, and and also the Los Angeles Chargers. I have to still get conditioned wow, to. Look at you! Um, I would have said San Diego Chargers. Yeah, I know. And so, I for me, then Joe had a great opportunity, and everybody knows what I feel about Joe's Burrow. Everybody that listens to the show knows that what I feel about Joe Burrow transferring to LSU of not being afraid to get on the biggest mm-hmm, stage and mm-hmm. compete, which he did, and the hard work he put in. So. Um, I'm glad that he has the respect of his teammates in practice, but that can be gone in a whisper. Yes, it can. In in one or two games, if he doesn't produce, like if he comes out and he's, just say he goes, uh, I don't know, nine for twenty for eighty nine yards and two picks, guys are going to look in the huddle and say, man, we're a long way away. Well, right now, this is what they're saying. Mike Daniels. I played seven years with Aaron Rodgers, and I told Joe the first time we spoke, you carry yourself with a poise very similar to Aaron's. You're serious. You don't mess around. You understand you're carrying the entire organization on your back. Aaron's a pro. Joe is a truly a pro. He commands that offense. He commands respect. Quite frankly, I get excited to line up across from him at practice. That is what Mike Daniels told our friend Lance McAllister from WLW Radio. Lance was a frequent guest on our Show on the zone. Question about his arm strength? Not to Clemson rookie wide receiver T. Higgins, who said of Joe Burrow, he's a beast. He's an absolute beast. He's an animal out there. He's making all the right reads. He's getting us in and out all the time in the right protections, making all the right checks and certain checks I didn't even know we were allowed to check into. (laughs) Well, one of the things that, I mean, obviously everybody knows the challenges, Bruce, of physically playing quarterback, but mentally it is the most demanding position of all sports. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It it's it's amazes me that anybody that's ever took a snap in an NFL regular season game, how talented that person is, regardless mm-hmm. of their success or not, but the ability just to have get to that far crazy is one of the greatest athletic accomplishments in all of all time in my opinion because i know the demands of playing that position i'm not talking about awards or medals or anything Mm -hmm. i'm just talking about an individual accomplishment that one day when that guy's on his deathbed he can say yeah i did take a snap as an nfl quarterback i mean it's amazing to me uh the Bengals will open the season on the 13th of september against the los angeles chargers there you go uh, perhaps, perhaps, although I would say it's probably unlikely, a battle of rookie quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and number six overall pick Justin Herbert. The Chargers have Tyrod Taylor. They do. Look at you, man. You're all over the NFL. It's like you're an analyst on the <laughs> it's like it's my job television or something. Uh, Tyrod Taylor right now running number one for Anthony Lynn's Los Angeles Chargers. And then and then and then we will not have to wait long for the Bruce Hooley hyped up, rekindled Battle of Ohio as it is. Thursday night football week. Excited two. about that. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Joe Burrow on the road against Baker Mayfield in what we think could be the first of, I don't know, 10 years of Burrow, so. Burrow Baker. I hope so. The uh, two 
number one overall picks, two Heisman Trophy winners, two guys who got their teams to the college football playoff, and in the case of Joe Burrow, won it. So a lot there. And, of course, um, Joe Burrow maybe have some salty to say about Baker Mayfield planting the flag in Ohio Stadium, even though Joe was – was Joe there for that? Yeah. Yes, Joe was yeah, there for that. Yeah, but I think that's – no, never know. Now that never the Baker thing never goes away. People people are never tired of that. Uh, speaking of the Cleveland Browns, I will in a second after I remind you that AUI info. You see the banner on my laptop right now is the name you need to remember because it's open enrollment time. Yes, individuals open enrolling in healthcare plans. They're looking at chances to switch and get better coverage. And you, as a business owner, are looking to offer your employees the best health insurance. Ever lose a good employee? Because oh, the benefits are better somewhere else. See, that can be avoided if you go with auiinfo.com as your health brokerage firm. And they'll also help you with HR issues. Julie's their HR expert. You get so much more than just health insurance when you go with AUI. They line you up with the best company, best prices. They're compensated by the health insurance company. So if you are a small business owner and you need guidance, complying with state regulations, sparing yourself the tedium, of being on hold with healthcare companies and saying, I have 10 employees, what can you do for me? No, no, no. Let Chrissy handle all that. She is a rock star. And she and her firm, AUI Info, located in Akron, but licensed to service all small businesses in the state of Ohio, will get the job done at this important time, open enrollment time, give your employees some options, evaluate whether you're in the best plan. And basically what you do is you just click on auiinfo.com and you let Chrissy get all that information for you. Mention the Spielman Hooley podcast when you click on auiinfo.com. All right, to the Browns. Yes. The intersection of real life with football life. Yesterday, the Browns did practice for one hour, uh, not for two. They cut their practice short. They have a uh, social justice council of 10 players. It includes Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Joel Batonio, um, and Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, spokesman, he did a Zoom call yesterday. Uh, so Miles Garrett came on the Zoom call and talked about the uh, Mr. Blake. Who's do you remember his first name? Jacob. Jacob Blake. I, I was, believe. I was going to say Joseph, and I knew that was wrong. Uh, Jacob Blake shooting in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. He says, uh, "This is Miles Garrett talking. It's hard because seeing stuff like that every day it hurts. I still think about Captain Dorn's family, the slain." St. Louis retired police officer killed on Facebook Live by uh, rioters. I Mm. still think about the David McAtee family, and at times I spoke to them. I look forward to speaking to them again, how their families were affected and how many threads were cut that day, whether it was him, he's speaking now, Mr. Blake, being an uncle, a father, a lover, a friend, someone who brought a joy to the community or just income to that household. Now you're losing someone who brings in money to keep your family afloat, and you are losing that. It's the same with Jacob Blake, paralyzed, and he's going to lose his job. You don't know what's going to happen with that. You don't know if justice is going to be served. First of all, I commend Miles Garrett for doing what is often not done, and that is remembering uh, office, uh, Officer David Dorn. Absolutely. Uh, because the shooting of a former police officer is no less tragic than the shooting of any correct. non-police officer. That's very So correct. I really applaud Miles Garrett for that, and I applaud Miles Garrett for giving his money. He signed a big contract this summer. Absolutely. He gives his money to these families. He networks with these families, and I think Miles Garrett is a well-intentioned young man. I think I really everybody's do. got good intentions. It's just how we get to the result. Go ahead. Yeah, but Miles Garrett has one idea that I do think is well-intentioned but I think is horribly, horribly conceived. And that is 
he would like to start a petition to criminalize hate speech. Here is his comment. I don't believe it should be said on forums, whether it is on social media like Twitter, Instagram, or whatever you have, or Snapchat, where people take a picture of it and send it out openly in the streets, then it's marched and paraded. It shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be accepted in today's day and age. There are so many avoidable events that started with hate speech on social media, whether on Twitter, whether it was from the many shooters who have shot up schools or shot up churches, who started just with open hate speech and they had no opposition toward all their ideas and toward their opinions or toward groups who openly march and parade their ideas up and down streets who are allowed to walk by police stations and local officials who openly do nothing, whether they agree with their ideas or not, that shouldn't be okay. Uh, I find hate speech awful, uh, deplorable. I hate hate speech. However... (sighs) If we don't have a First Amendment and a freedom of speech, now that doesn't mean freedom from consequences. No, it doesn't. But you need freedom of speech. We have to have freedom of speech to have, I think, a legitimate free society. Um, and the problem that can come into existence with this is that what what. Miles or myself or you might consider hate speech. Somebody else doesn't consider hate speech. Correct. And what we don't consider hate speech, somebody might consider. That's hate speech. Yeah. So I just don't know what the definition of hate speech is. I do think there are laws to protect if there's uh, where you can get restraining orders. If you're threatened or mm-hmm. directly threatened, I do think that uh, at least... In TV world, I'm sure there's intelligence agencies around the country that monitor certain things, certain accounts. I do think there's an awareness that needs to be, if we read something on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it may be, your your choice of social media, then if you feel obligated to raise that to the authorities, then that is your obligation, I think, as a citizen. But it's not, you know, I just don't think, from my perspective, Hate speech to me and you and Miles might be not hate speech to somebody else. And what we say, for example, uh, I pray that every day some somebody finds God, finds uh, and understands what Jesus did for him. I pray for that every single day. Uh, and and a lot of people would find that in, uh, stupid, unintelligent, uh, judgmental, and hateful that I would pray that. So me just saying that. I guarantee you people would find that as hate speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the issue. And it is that I know Miles Garrett, I want to be clear on this, Miles Garrett's motivation is, I'm sure, pure. But the implementation of it would lead to the exact same thing that happened when people like Joseph Stalin, Idi Amin, and other dictators instituted approved speech by the state. It is fraught with danger that cannot be eliminated. Because, as Chris said, uh, who's the hate speech police? And, for instance, the obvious parallel, since we are a a sports and faith podcast, is that there are elements of Holy Scripture that would be deemed by a significant portion, I don't know how big, maybe even a majority, Mm. or getting to a majority, 
of people, a growing a growing number of people would find that some scriptural uh, verses, I was going to say scriptural truth, but it's truth, it's absolutely truth in my opinion, um, in Chris's opinion, in all Christians' opinions, but not in all people's opinions, that there's scripture that would be defined as hate speech. Absolutely. In terms of, let's just go with one that maybe people think I'm going to go down one road, so I'll go down another. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Many people would deem that to be hate speech, Mm -hmm. but that is biblical. That is absolutely biblical. Acts 4.12, there's no other name under heaven given given to men by which you must be saved. So uh, people would find, there are people who would find that offensive. Uh, And they could say, well, you can't say that. So if you get to the point where you say that there are certain things you cannot say, whether it's in public or whether it is in church, then you don't have a free country. You have to be able to say even the most vile things and then suffer the consequences for saying those vile things. For instance, if we just had an incident, I'll use a, a real incident rather than make one up. There's no law against what Tom Brenneman said that went out over the public airwaves around a week ago. There's no law against it, but there were definitely consequences for it. And that's how it works. You're free to say what you want to say, but you are not free from the consequences of saying whatever it is. So it must stay that way for us to have a free country. So no, no, no on the criminalizing of speech. Absolutely not. the, The First Amendment has to be protected, in my opinion, to have a free society. Yeah. It just has to be, whether in things, you know, there are consequences with the First Amendment that we all have to live with, and we all have to be responsible for what we say and how we say it, but you have the right to say it. Like, there's there's things said all the time. Just go through Twitter. There's things said all the time that I deem hateful, mm-hmm. but I will uh, defend till the end that person's right to say it. That's people have died for that, obviously, when they're fighting for our country and our values and what we stand for and uh, our our rights and, and constitutional amendments, whether it's First Amendment, Second Amendment, Third Amendment, whatever amendment it is, they're defending your right to do that, and I will defend your right to do that. Mm-hmm. I will always defend somebody's right to do that. I may find it vile and despicable. But I want them to have the right to do that because, you know, it goes back to this. Um, the things I say might be deemed hateful, like Jesus loves you. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah, the name of Jesus is also in Scripture that the name of Jesus will offend people, and it does offend people. So, uh, you know, Miles, I would just say that you're you have agree. to think I, that through. Yeah, you're, and you're right, though. I, I, I understand his passion because— I do, and, I, and he's not wrong when he says that hate <laughs> speech drives people to do things sure. that we don't want to happen. He's not wrong on that. Right. But the fix would eventually prove far worse. Well, my campaign on Twitter about two weeks ago was all about uh, respect responding civilly yes. i don't know if you remember that. yes I, I do very well and i'm trying to implement that i i believe god has called me to do that and not only on social media when i engage in social media but personally to engage civilly i mean i just had a, an, an experience where this was put to the test um there was an argument between two people 
uh, I intervened, and I intervened civilly and and without emotion, and came to a a conclusion that both people were happy with. But when and so I do think you know I would tell Miles I agree with you. So let's keep promoting independent civility, and as I've said many times on this show. Let's keep talking to each other and not over each other. Absolutely right. Uh, as we transition into the faith portion of the podcast, if you find that your legal need, uh, legal rights are being infringed upon or you want to know what your legal rights are, get a hold of our friends at Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys. They are in Hilliard. Their offices are on Truman Boulevard, close to, uh, uh, close to Tuttle Mall. Easy to find and easy to work with. Very personable people. People with great integrity, great character. I know several of the attorneys there personally. I cannot vouch for them on a personal and professional level. More highly than I do, Willis Spangler Starling. You have workers' compensation issues. You have issues at work with either, um, you know, being uh, infringed upon or being uh, dismissed, being evaluated incorrectly, whatever it is. You have wills and estate issues personal injury issues. If you just want to have a conversation and find out where you stand, you can certainly do that. WillisAttorneys.com is the website. Click on it and find the people who can help you and people you can trust. WillisAttorneys.com. Willis Spangler Starling is the firm. Now, let's transition. We are in the faith portion of the podcast. We talked about the NBA early on. Um, Why don't you start us or... Well, my thing is grace, and I want everybody to show everybody grace, Mm -hmm. okay? And I want everybody to be able to accept grace. I shared this story numerous times. I'm going to share it again because it was applicable today today as it was yesterday. And, And this can be reflective of my friend Tom Brenneman, who made a big mistake and is living with the consequences. He understands that. He accepts all responsibility for what he said, and he accepts the consequences. But I was in Chicago. I went to confession, and I sit there, and I told the priest, I said, look, I'm good at giving grace to everybody. I've improved so much where... I forgive people. Mm -hmm. I try to move on. Extend grace. Second chances. I don't think maybe, Bruce, you know somebody that's a bigger second or third chance guy than me. I don't know anyone personally. Okay. And so you know where I... You've always been that way as long as I've known you. My problem was that I could never either give myself grace or accept grace. Grace, I can give it away, mm. but I couldn't accept it or, or or give it to myself. So the priest says to me, "You can't give anything away." I go, "What are you talking about?" He said, "You can't give anything away that you're not willing to give yourself or accept yourself." And that made that just oh, you have to it. have it to yeah, give it away. You have to yeah, have it to true. give it it's away. A great point. And it 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 really changed my life and and really. Uh, I guess, enhance my ability to give grace not only to others but to myself and, more importantly, 
to accept grace because when you accept grace, something that pre prevents us from accepting grace is our ego and our pride. Mm. I, I believe that. And so where does that, what, how does that talk to us by, uh, um, how does that affect us biblically? By grace, you have been saved. Grace is, is a free gift, basically. God's mercy and grace are new every morning. He has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Grace fills in the gap. Grace to you and peace to you, God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Let therefore draw near with a boldness to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace for help in the time of need. I mean, grace is such an awesome thing. Yes, it is. And I say that um, for people that are very angry and people that are legitimately hurt by comments being made about them. That find in your heart to extend grace. Might not be now, might be a week from now, might be six months from now, might be a year from now. Because things are said that are awful and mean. But how do you combat that? Mm. And you combat it with grace. You will, I think, enjoy knowing this. Um, you've told me that story about going to confession in Chicago and that the priest told you, do you want to put Jesus on the cross again? How many times are you going to keep crucifying him? Is not once not enough? Because Jesus, when he gave his life so that our sins can be forgiven, said it is finished, meaning the, trans yes. the transaction yeah. where he paid the price for our sins was completed. So the priest gave you a very stark vi uh, visual image of what you're doing when you fail to extend that grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, that's the acronym for grace, to yourself. That has stuck with me, and I used that example the other night with a friend that I was texting who was unable to move past a huge mistake that he committed in his life that caused... Yeah, do I know that feeling? Caused very deep consequences in his life. But he, he, I could tell from our texting, he has not forgiven himself. And he knows you. And I said, you know, Chris said this to me one time. It stuck with me. It helped me uh, access and give to myself the grace that Jesus made available to me. And you need to give this to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it was very powerful to him. I'll tell you who it is after the podcast. So that is an example of something you learn, share, be transparent about helping me and helping others. Maybe the Big Ten can take a little lesson on our transparency. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'm I'm willing to give them grace, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. Of course um, I will. I said... Um, Let's harken back to the beginning with the NBA stuff, with uh, what you said in the beginning about players would have forfeited their platform had they chosen not to play anymore. As I've said, I, I don't agree with uh, much of uh, the social platform of um, the NBA as it is articulated. And it's um, 
Yesterday morning, I just had a, a, a supreme heaviness on me as I thought about Kenosha, Wisconsin. I thought about Atlanta. I thought about so many other instances like this. Minneapolis, after George Floyd. Uh, Ferguson, Missouri. Uh, we see these uh, instances happen. There's a shooting of a most often a black man. Um, the exact video that I view says something to me that it says something polar opposite sure. to an African-American. And I was just so troubled by how that can be. <laughs> how can two people view the same thing and have dramatically different viewpoints of it? And I searched my heart for, where am I wrong, Lord? Where am I wrong? Because I believe strongly what I believe. And I, I, so I made efforts to seek out people who have a different um, viewpoint than I do. Great. To educate myself. Excellent for you. Talked to someone who was involved for 20 years in uh, inner city race relations uh, in uh, one of Ohio's major cities. She sent me some material that I'm going to take some time to spend with today. Had a conversation yesterday with a coach who's um, very, very accomplished at what he does on the college level and who um, has coached, um, you know, I mean, he's a D1 coach, and he coaches a lot of African-American players. So he's exposed to a mindset that I'm not exposed to. Mm -hmm. well, we had a nice conversation uh, yesterday. Um, LeBron James has a powerful platform. Powerful platform. And I have been frustrated with LeBron James, not because I disagree with him. It's his right to have his own opinions. But because I think that he has inadvertently, inadvertently helped, not solely, but helped bring about the very thing, or at least contributed to a mindset that he's trying to eliminate. He's trying to eliminate police shootings of black men. I would love to eliminate those two. Um, we all have the same goal, right-minded yeah, people. But 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 I think here's my here's my issue with LeBron, and then I'm going to get to how I think it can be bridged. After the Atlanta shooting of Ahmed Arbery, LeBron James tweeted, "We are literally haunted every day." That is absolutely not true. Black men are not hunted by police every day. When a powerful voice like LeBron James says that, it has great weight with people who are influenced by him. Let's, let's just, in our minds, picture a, a young black child who sees LeBron James tweet that. And it ingrains a mindset that he is as a black child being hunted by police. I don't think it's disputable that when my daughters, if they were to be in a situation where there's a disagreement on a street corner or whatever, they would be relieved when the police drove up because in their hearts, they've been raised to believe that police are good. That's my perception, and I have taught that to them. The perception of a black child is dramatically different. Yes, it is. And it is different, and you know this because your brother Rick adopted some, some African-American kids, and he said it's different. Well, can I yeah. interject? Yeah, please. Um, the feeling of being hunted is real. And 
our experience is not the experience of an African-American child or teenager or young adult, especially males. So that feeling is real. Like if they're driving and they see lights, you know, how your kids or yeah, my yeah. kids or me get butterflies. I do. I do. Know. Everybody does when, Everybody you're driving, does. when you're driving. So butterflies like, oh, man, I got busted for speeding. Well, there's, you know, from experiences and being pulled over for nothing. So I understand that feeling. That's why there's an understanding there. And our experiences are different from LeBron's yeah. experiences as a kid, maybe growing up in Akron yeah. or his buddies growing up in Akron. I, I, so I think what LeBron is trying to say, there's just a better way of saying well, this that. is why. See, what I fear is opinion, he's but he's got a right. It's a it's a legitimate point to feel that. Yeah, but here's the thing: feelings aren't real. <laughs> I, feelings are not factual. Okay. Right. And so, why does Ahmed Arbery, after a 45 minute conversation with two police officers, out of the blue bolt and run? Why does Jacob Blake? not submit to officers when they tell him to stop, when they have their guns pulled? Why does he walk over around the front of his car, reach in the car to get whatever he was getting? I don't know. They're, the police officers are trained that you cannot allow a suspect to not submit to arrest and reach into their car. They don't know if he has a knife, a gun, uh, um, a, uh, a bottle of water to give to him. They don't know. But why do Ahmad Arbery and Jacob Blake not submit? Because of this, this mindset that LeBron is ingraining in young, impressionable kids of all races that you're being hunted. So he needs to be, in my opinion, a lot more careful with his platform because he is inadvertently contributing to a mindset that leads to the situations he's trying to eliminate. Right. We're all trying to eliminate. Absolutely. So I had a very heavy heart yesterday because of this. And then I had to hop on for the fourth consecutive day a Zoom call with 20 or so. They, they work with the Air Force, but not all of them are in the Air Force. They're contractors. They bid, you know, for everything from landing gear parts to sure. milk and whatever. This is a national call. I was privileged to be on it with a wonderful friend of mine who's a phenomenal leader in um, Columbus and throughout the world. He goes all over the world doing leadership training. On this call, we had numerous African-American women, men. We had Hispanics. We had average Joe Bag of Donuts, white guys. We had a melting pot. We had Great. on this call America. Love it. We had America. It started awkwardly on Monday. None of us knew each other. By the end of really this first day, but certainly into the third and fourth day, this would have been a phenomenal dinner party. <laughs> yeah. This would have been a phenomenal team in a business. This would have been and is a group of people I'd love to see in person again. And I asked myself, if that's possible, how did that happen? And the reason it happened was because they were required to be on this call by their Air Force supervisors. Mm -hmm. 
but they were willing to unite around shared values and concepts. They all came to the table wanting to get better mm-hmm. at leading their teams. If we could all come to the conversation with open minds and a determination to find common ground, like all these people had on this call, we could, I believe, do a lot to repair the things that fracture our country. And that's where leadership in government, no matter Democrat or Republican, conservative and liberal, we all have shared values and there has to be that discussion of talking to each other, not over each other, for the betterment and the good of the country, not constantly attacking. And that's on both sides. Yeah. It's it's advice to President Trump, and it's advice Absolutely. to uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Uh, no, that wasn't a Freudian slip that I said Kamala Harris first. I didn't mean anything by that. But there has to be discussion meaning Kamala is going to be president and Joe Biden. I didn't mean that. Uh, But there has to be, uh, I think, civil discussion and find common ground. Everybody is so interested in grandstanding and look at me and I landed that blow. Everybody's keeping score. Everybody's fighting to be right instead of fighting for solution to the issues. And one of the reasons why we bonded on this call was because the leader was exceedingly transparent about his own failures and shortcomings. Mm-hmm. He was vulnerable. He was humble. Yeah. He was, though, very apparently invested 100% in using his life experiences to help other people see that you can conquer anything yeah. if you have the right mindset. I was so impressed with him. I was so impressed with the way people supported him when he was transparent and real with some very, very difficult life situations. And it just gave me hope on a day That's where awesome. things were starting in such a bad direction. And it made me reflect upon a verse that my wife shared with me. Uh, the other night. It is from James 1, verses 19 and 20. And if we could all do this, what an awesome chance we would have. Do not be, it says, be slow yeah. to speak, quick quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, because the anger of men does not bring about the righteousness of God. The anger of men does not result in good things. And we see so much anger because we are not slow to speak. Right. We go right to Twitter. We will snap judgment about every shooting. We are not quick to listen. We are quick for others to listen to us. Right. And it's just so much wisdom from the brother of Jesus, James, in that verse. So I think... Another lesson that can be taught, even though maybe maybe you don't have a, a faith or a belief, that's that's fine. But there's still good advice biblically, and that's good advice either from, you know what I mean. Unless for, you're an atheist, I'm I'm a well, even an atheist. Can I'm going to say, say well, this. That makes Here's sense. the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, I'm a man of faith, so I know I'm hitting you with a preconceived notion. But 
you don't have to be a believer for scriptural truth to be true in your right. life because whether you believe in God or not, you were made by God and you were wired exactly the same as me and Chris yeah. and LeBron James and everybody. We're all wired the same because we're all created by the same so creator. That's, that's one thing uh, of lessons I've learned in being in the media and having a radio show with you and doing podcasts and being in the media basically or having a platform and a microphone for the last 20 years. Yeah. Over the years, I think you've noticed this change. I am very slow to speak. Yes. And I am quick to listen. I'm not going to speak on something just mm -hmm. because it happened that day. I want to educate myself on everything. Mm -hmm. And just like your point about my my nephews and nieces feel differently about being hunted because of their experiences, even though it may not happen every single time. It happened once where it affects how they feel. And I get the feelings. I get it. But mm -hmm. it, just because they're feelings doesn't make it not real. Those are very real Absolutely. to them. And I acknowledge them. And I wish they didn't have to go through that. I pray every day that they don't have to go through that. Anybody. So it's it's a good lesson. It's a good topic. And it's, you know, we're we're have understanding in this conversation that you and I have had today. And in one of the areas where you've uh, grown like me is that verse and Sherry's exactly right. Sherry being your wife, mm -hmm. those of you who don't know is exactly right. That this is a very good way and great advice for our country as a whole. Yeah. Shut, shut up and listen. Shut up and listen. Oh, me included. Yeah, me included. <laughs> me included. So that is uh, the faith portion of the podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us uh, today and every day that you join us three times a week here on the uh, Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Again, email your COVID-19 relief nominations to Podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a review, if you would, on iTunes. Let us know what you think of our content. We will be back again on Monday. Until then, everybody have a great weekend. <laughs>